As I was set to begin recording this program, I got a phone call from Jason Hernandez, who is a huge Dodgers fan. And one thing led to another, and we decided that he was going to help me recap the National League Championship Series. As we were about to start recording, he got a phone call from Taylor Blake Ward. So we decided that the three of us would talk about the National League Championship Series on this episode of Locked On Mariners, and we wound up recording for so long, and we ended so late, that I'm breaking the show up into two parts. Here is part one, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Real fact number 744. Polar bears can smell a seal from up to 20 miles away. Isn't that interesting? Welcome to Locked On Mariners, ladies and gentlemen. I am indeed D.C. Lundberg. This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, of course, or T-L-O-P-N or Tloppin, brought to you by Rock Auto. Please remember to download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners Podcast or any program here on Tloppin. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners and follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg. That is, of course, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G for those who are scoring at home. Yesterday, we gave you a pretty straightforward recap of the American League Division Series, and we're going to give you a recap of the National League Division Series on this program, and I actually have help this time. First of all, the host of Locked on Anaheim Ducks, Dodgers fan extraordinaire Jason Hernandez. Jason, how art thou? From 1845 through 1867, home base was circular, made of iron, and painted or enameled white, and 12 inches in diameter. I know where you get your facts, DC. I've got mine too. From the lid of Snapple bottles. You betcha. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here tonight, Jason. Can't wait to hear what you have to say about the NLCS. And I also can't wait to hear what this gentleman has to say about the NLCS. He is the former host, yes, former host of Locked On Angels right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, but still a friend of the show, Taylor Blake Ward. Taylor, how are you doing tonight? So Pete Alonzo can smell one-hit wonders from the 90s from 20 miles away. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, I can play your, I can play your game. You I'm, pl- I'm good with this. I can play the game. You play it better than I do, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on. It's good to be back on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's, uh, I know Brent's really doing well with Lockdown Angels, but it's good to be back on and, and have fun with you guys. I miss you. Absolutely, yeah. Let's have some fun. We are going to talk about the NLCS, and we have no script for this show, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how it's going to. I don't know how it's going to go, but I guess we could better start with Game One, shouldn't we? It was a five-to-one victory for the Braves on October twelfth, twenty twenty, in Globular Life Field in Arlington, Texas, the same venue which will host the World Series. Incidentally, uh, Jason, uh, what were your, what were your basic thoughts on uh, on Game One, if, if you have any? Uh, Bueller pitched a good game, I thought. Uh, he hung tight for as long as he could, but the bullpen really let the Dodgers down on this one. Uh, Got to give credit to the Braves for sticking in there. Max Freed, I thought, played an effective game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, effective pitching throughout that game. But, man, the bullpen really screwed the pooch on that one, didn't they? Yeah. They really did. The uh, Braves scored in the top of the first inning of Freddie Freeman home run. Dodgers then scored in the in the fifth inning, and that was a Kike Hernandez home run. 
And that yeah. that, that score would remain until the ninth inning, and that's when the bullpen kind of gave it up, Taylor. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? I, I tend to disagree just a little bit. I think the bullpen did fine. I think that Blake Trinan, uh, let alone by himself, had a bad game. And, and he didn't have a great series, um, but I think just I, – I wouldn't call it a bad uh, – a bad decision from Dave Roberts or anything. I think it was just Blake Trinan left one over the heart of the plate that turned into multiple runs. I, I don't know if I would say that the bullpen didn't hold it down. Obviously, the results show, but I think it was just a, a poor outing from Trinan above everything else, and that's what. And also, what it did is really showed the national audience. You know, we you keep hearing about how good this Dodgers team is. But you forget how good this Braves offense is and how good the pitching staff is. My yeah. goodness, Max Fried and Ian Anderson and all those guys were fantastic. So I uh, I think it really established the Braves as the, one of the best teams in baseball. They did have the third best record of the National League, did they not? I believe so. I, yes, they uh, did. Yep. I believe so. It was nice to see a, a championship series with the a best record in a league versus the third best record in a league as opposed to what we had in the junior circuit. But I don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's move on to yeah. let's move on to game two. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll wrap up uh, game one by saying that you know sometimes you bring in a relief pitcher and he's just not going to get the job done. That's pretty much what happened to Blake Trinan in, in game one. Game two was the next day, October 13th, our announcer, Joey's Martin's birthday, which I've mentioned, I think, now three times on this program. This was a much higher scoring affair, an 8-7 to seven victory for the Atlanta Braves to take a two-game-to-none lead <laughs> in the series. Jason, Jason, you're laughing. I was going to start with Taylor on this because you started because you no, started start last with one. Taylor. Start with Taylor? Please All right. start with Taylor. Yes. No, 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 no. Go to Mr. Jokester over there. Okay, smarty pants. Jason, uh, what do you got to say? <laughs> this one made me laugh in not a good way. Yeah. I, I was kind of laughing, thinking, oh, God, not again. And I was laughing throughout the game, trying to kid myself, okay, the Dodgers can pull through here. They can come back from this. Mm-hmm. Once they were down 7 nothing in the seventh inning, I was kind of laughing in the sense that, oh, God, not again. Because, well, first off, Kershaw got scratched from this game. He oh, was right. supposed to start game two, mm-hmm. but he got scratched due to back spasms. So then you had Tony Gonsolin, the rookie, come in. Uh, he had a good first three innings. Mm-hmm. He was fine. Right. And then Freddie Freeman flo- opened the floodgates pretty much. He had that big two-run home run. That was a massive shot too. But then, you know, Pedro Baez came in and he kind of screwed the pooch there a little bit. Not a very good okay, line for board. Baez. Can I, can I go over the four batters that Baez faced? Must you, but go ahead. <laughs> just, just, just for the people listening out there. First batter was Freddie Freeman, RBI single. Next batter was a walk to load the bases. Travis Darno then drew the bases loaded walk, and then Ozzy Albie's sacrifice fly. He's done. Dylan Floro's in. He faced four batters and was not very good. The only out he recorded was a sack yeah, fly. Uh, he was missing his spots, completely missing his spots. You know, just did not look good. It seemed like, and it seems so dramatized saying this, but that ninth inning for the Dodgers where they came back and, and brought the game within one run. Ooh kind of was Mm -hmm. a turning of the tide and obviously when you're down 2-0 in a series there's you know a lot to be left and uh, eventually there'll be 3-1 down in the series but there's a little bit of a turning of a tide and I know that sounds cliche and dramatized but there is some fact to that also just once again it proves how good the Braves really are the Braves are a really good team 
Because mm-hmm. Gun- Gonsolin had a pretty decent regular season, if I recall. Did he, he did. Not? Yeah. All right, then. I guess you, that's you that. And to, to kind of... <laughs> I recall correctly. And Taylor, just to kind of bounce off something that you said, the uh, Braves scored two in the fourth, two in the fifth, four. and then one in the four seventh. Four. What I say? But that's okay. We we forgive okay. you. Let, we you forgive <laughs> See, me. Okay. Well, I was getting edited out and try again, but now I'm not two going is to. The new two four. in the fourth, four in the fifth, <laughs> two is the new four. There you go. Thank you for thank you for saving me, Taylor. <laughs> One in the seventh, and that gives them seven runs if my math yeah. is correct. And then the Dodgers score three. Braves go up eight to three in the ninth, and the Dodgers score four in the ninth. And so they almost came back to at least tie it, but they just kind of fell short. A uh, big ups to Max Muncie on that on that ninth inning. That was a massive home run. Mm-hmm. I felt like the Dodgers could have come back. They really could have at that point. They almost did. Not false hope. But kind of that sense that, okay, the Dodgers could score in bunches. They can score a lot in a mm-hmm. short amount of time against the Braves. And, yes, I'm foreshadowing here a little bit. Oh, are you? Yeah. Well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Just yeah. a little, yeah. Real quick, if I can do something. Yeah, absolutely. Max Muncy. That funky Muncy. Muncy. Max Muncy Muncy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. Absolutely. I forgot. No the lyrics to the, the Beastie Boys song going through the Stick and Max Muncy version, but uh, Game 3. Game That's three, because right. the Max Muncy version is better. Anyways, I think this is probably a decent time to take a break, so we uh, we will do that at this time. And ladies and gentlemen, i got to tell you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is nigh impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why enter often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand that that warehouse carries? Well, guess what, gang? You've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and right in your very own own pocket. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same parts at a store or dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for pro mechanics or do-it-yourselfers. On the other hand, rockauto.com's prices, they're the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. And they're a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. If you have a 74 Bricklin, you can find parts for it there. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? No reason to do that. So go to rockauto.com right at this exact moment to see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, SUV, crossover, or whatever you drive. And don't forget to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know for a fact that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Have you got a question or comment? Send it over to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com for use in a future mailbag episode. Questions on any subject are welcome, just as long as it's family-friendly, because this is a family show. Once again, LockedOnMariners at gmail.com is that address, and this show will will, will, will be back later. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Now time for the second half of Locked On Mariners. Once again, your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much, Joey Martin. Locked On Mariners is back with you talking about the National League Championship Series. 
And again, this is broken up into two parts because this recording session lasted way longer than I anticipated. So much for the neat little 21-22 minute National League Championship Series recap I planned. It went almost an hour. So again, breaking it up into two episodes. We left off after Game 2, so logic would dictate that we're going to pick it up with Game 3, which made Jason Hernandez very happy. Yep, Game 3, and we're going to kind of go, we'll go over the, the first inning here. Kind of as it happened. Woo-hoo. Kyle Wright, yeah, woohoo, it gives you kind of an idea of how this one went. Kyle Wright was the brave starter, and first batter pr- is professional bowler Mookie Betts, yeah. who hit a ground ball single down the third base line. I do want to talk about the Mookie Betts at bat really quickly. Do it. Because that that was the most important at bat of the game. I know it's dramatic to say the first at bat of the game was the most important. Yes, it was. Because Mookie Betts really battled through that at bat. Mm. And then, that was actually recorded as an out at first. But on review, Mookie Betts barely beat the throw. And that was Mookie Betts hustling, getting down the line fast. And he knew he was safe. He was motioning to the bench, saying, come on, let's go, let's go. Once he beat out that throw, I felt his energy at that Mm -hmm. moment really epitomized that entire inning. So great to see the hustle from Mookie Betts on that particular one and good that they overturned that call. It was close. Yes. You know, he has a PBA 300 game. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. In any case, uh, so Mookie Betts reaches first base on that infield hit. Corey Seager drives him in first two guys, next two guys ground out. So it's looking like Kyle Wright might get out of it. But on the other hand, Will Smith has other ideas. Without the Fresh Prince, he doubles to score Seager. Cody Bellinger then walks. Jock Peterson, three-run home run. Edwin Rios, solo home run. Woo! Chris Taylor, walk. And Wright is Done. They bring in Grant Dayton, <laughs> who promptly walks Mookie Betts, then gives up a single to Seeger, which scores Taylor. Justin Turner is then hit by a pitch to load the bases, and then that funky Muncie comes to bat, and it's time for Grandma to break out the rye bread and the mustard as he belts a grand salami to go up 11 to nothing in the first inning. Will Smith, looking more like the Fresh Prince, strikes out looking to end the inning. But my goodness, 11 runs in one inning, that doesn't happen very often, does it, Taylor? Uh, No, that would be a (laughs) postseason record for a single inning. Um, The touchdown went for two and got the field goal after. uh, (laughs) Not much to say. I mean, um, (laughs) I was talking to a few people that were uh, Braves-centric, and Dylan Shore being one Mm -hmm. of them. Uh, who's locked on Braves, but basically I've never seen it with Kyle Wright being a starter. And um, I'm not going to say that he can't. I really want to see him succeed, but this is kind of my defining mark of, I think Kyle Wright needs to go be in the bullpen. Um, Just my my two cents. I don't think there's anything more I can say. I mean, when you score a postseason record 11 runs in a single inning to start Mm -hmm. the game, um, what else can I say? You know, nothing. Uh, I'm I'm drawing blanks. Fair enough. Kyle Wright was charged with seven of those runs, and Grant <laughs> Dayton was charged with uh, eight runs, which you know, some of them came later on in the game, namely a Cody Bellinger solo home run to lead off the second inning. Yeah, and then the third that, inning, the Dodgers do some more damage, don't they, Jason? Yeah, and I was going to talk just briefly about that home run that Max Muncy hit. First off, that thing was a bomb. It was 400 and, I think, 30 feet of this pure power. But I like that at bat by Max Muncy. 
Uh, that second pitch that was a called ball had just missed, and he had a good eye on that one. That was such a mistake pitch because Dayton was calling, or sorry, the pitch was supposed to be low and away on that one, mm-hmm. or low and inside rather. And instead, he left that pitch up. That pitch hung right in Muncie's wheelhouse. The biggest mistake pitch that you could possibly make, and Dayton made it. As if they already weren't down by a ton, you know, four more. Oh, yeah. And in, in the third inning, they're up 12 to nothing already. Corey Seager's solo home run. Later on in the inning, Will Smith RBI ground out and a Cody Bellinger RBI single. So now it's 15 nothing. I'm sorry. Can 15 you re- nothing. Can you repeat that? The whole thing? Just the score. <laughs> I like the score. Oh, I thought I see. Whenever this happens, usually I've made a mistake of of some sort because ha, you would be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, of how much crap I have to edit out of the program. But you just wanted to hear me say fifteen nothing Dodgers again, didn't you? Jason? Oh, that's music to my ears. <laughs> so that was all fifteen nothing Dodgers, fifteen nothing yeah. Dodgers, fifteen nothing Dodgers. Yeah. How about fifteen? How about fifteen to one Dodgers? Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Well, because that, that did happen, because Christian Pache led off the bottom of the third inning with a home run of his own to bring it to 15-1. to They tack on two more in the ninth inning, obviously not nearly enough. 15-3, to the final score in this ballgame. Julio Arias started five innings, three hits, uh, one run it was earned on that home run, five strikeouts, two walks. Anything to add to this game, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, Christian Pache, um, first career home run. And uh, congratulations to him on that, Mark. Oh, not that's the, right. Not, not the time that you ever want to have it happen as your first career major league home run, but congrats to him. True. In, in the playoffs, you know, obviously they were out of it at that point, but he can say that his first home run came in a playoff game, so there is that. Yeah, that's when, true. You look at his, when you look at his stats, unregistered stats, he still has mm-hmm. zero home runs. <laughs> Some, yeah. you know, but uh, congrats to Christian Pache, who had a. Uh, a unique series, but I just got to give it to him. He is such a, they have so many special talents over there in Atlanta, but he is one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of the guys I really enjoy watching. Uh, So really excited to see what Atlanta is going to do over the next few years. Very cool. You were saying zero home runs, but then he's got one in the playoffs. Reminds me of when Scott Podsednik, former Mariner Scott Podsednik, had no home runs in the regular season. Didn't he pop two in the 05 World Series? I think so. Yeah. So. Yeah. Game four of this series took place on October 15th. This was another lopsided victory, but not by the Dodgers this time. This was a 10 to 2 victory by the Atlanta Braves on the strength of a sixth run bottom of the sixth inning. Uh, yeah. Jason. Yeah, Jason. Not the Dodgers' day this day. Was it. Um, what, well, what happened? So, there was a lot to unravel from this one. So oh. Kershaw had been scratched from game two, he pitched game four. And looked very good, dot, 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 Mm -hmm. for the first five innings. This is a familiar story. Mm -hmm. I'll get to that in a second. Kershaw was very good through the first five innings. Got through them fairly quickly. Had a couple of very efficient innings. So, you know, Kershaw looked good for the most part. Then that sixth inning came on. Uh And he looked like he was just out of gas. It was also the third time around, which he normally does okay with on the regular season. But this was one case where he just kind of lost his stuff a little bit. And this has been an issue with Clayton Kershaw throughout his entire postseason career. And I'll throw some stats out in a minute. But going over the runs that he allowed, the Ozuna homer, that was just great hitting by Marcel Ozuna in the fourth inning. You know, that tied the game up at one. I'll set it up. 
Rios hit a bomb in the top of the third, one nothing Doyers. Then Ozuna hit that bomb that still hasn't landed yet. It's still in orbit. And that was a good pitch. That was right in the lower corner. He hit the corner. Mm -hmm. That was a pitch that could have been called a ball or a strike, but that's the pitch that Kershaw wanted, and Ozuna just got it. He just got enough of it to put it out. Not a big deal because it's a solo shot. It's still one-to-one. So not too bad yet. But then the wheels kind of fell off in the sixth inning, and that's what I want to talk about the most. Yeah. Uh, once Kershaw came back in that inning, uh, that ground ball, that was not on Kershaw because that was on an error by Kike Hernandez. Right. And I know, I know, we love Kike Hernandez, but that was not a good play by Kike to throw that one away. <laughs> uh, he probably would have been better to hold on to the ball in that situation instead of allowing Acuna to get to second and put pressure on Kershaw, mm-hmm. which is exactly what happened. Yeah. And then Freeman doubled after that. Uh, just a good at-bat. Kershaw had him on the ropes. A uh, couple of good pitches, but you know Freeman got enough of it. And then Ozuna doubled pretty much in no man's land. Yep. And it looked like Kershaw had him because it was 3-1. Perfect called strike right on the knees. And then that pitch after that Ozuna got it so a good double by Ozuna mm-hmm. that's when Kershaw went out yep Bruzdar Gratterall or punky Bruzdar yeah uh, he didn't fare much better because I'll be singled then Dansby Swanson got a double to make a 5-1 and then Austin Riley made it 6-1 to mm-hmm. so in that game Kershaw was charged with I think four runs I'm sorry four earned runs yeah I guess they would all be earned they would so be. I do want to I do want to throw out this stat I don't know if you saw this. And Taylor, I don't know if you saw this stat either. The worst ERA from the sixth inning and beyond. Starters in postseason history with a minimum of 20 innings pitched. Fifth worst. Roger Clemens, 5.31 ERA. Fourth fourth worst. Steve Carlton, 5.33. Yes. Wow. Oh, it gets better. Yeah. Don Sutton, Mm -hmm. 6.51. Pedro Martinez, second worst ERA from the sixth inning onward, 6.75. Kershaw has the worst, 7.31 ERA, innings sixth and beyond. But there's another way to look at this. The other four pitchers are all very, very good. He's in good company. If you want to put it that way, (laughs) yes, he's in good company in a sense. That's a dubious thing to be leading in as far as worst ERA sixth inning on. No kidding. It's dubious. Very much so. Well, I came prepared with stats. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> uh, Thanks a lot. If I'm just being honest about something, you know, the, the Kershaw narrative that he can't pitch in the playoffs is a load of crap. Like you mentioned, you know, he gets he pitches six flawless innings and then the seventh or eighth inning, whatever it is, uh, gets blown up. So I'm, I'm just sick of that narrative. But outside of that, um, I got nothing to say. I didn't watch that game. Fair Kershaw enough. had five great innings. He had five fantastic innings. Mm-hmm. Against a good and offense. And then the error didn't help. The, sometimes an error can just, leading off an inning, can just lead to some snowball effect, and the whole, in, and the whole thing goes awry very quickly. Might not even be the, it might not be the pitcher's fault. It's something like an error or a blue pit or, or something of that sort, which can get things started. Funny how that happens too often. That's, that's the way baseball is. And we're going to stop right there. Tomorrow we will pick up at Game 5. The first World Series game will have already been played by that point. Not the way I had this week planned, 
that I also didn't plan on recording in our Monday night, let alone with two guests. In any case, we'll present the rest of this conversation with me, Jason Hernandez, and Taylor Blake Ward tomorrow right here on Locked on Mariners. Remember to download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that may spring to mind. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Taylor on Twitter at Taylor Blake Ward. Follow Jason on Twitter at StimpyJD. And follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg. Thank you for listening to today's program. Remember to listen tomorrow for the rest of the National League Championship Series wrap-up. Until then, have a great Tuesday. This is Joey Martin. Join us tomorrow for the next edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.